0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three-in-One who gives us the words to pray for the world and for the Church, and gives us the ability through the forgiveness of our sins and giving us His Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a little bit dangerous to start off a sermon this way. But um, I, I want you to pray with me, and, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, that that you'll know the words to this one. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray from the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. And dear Lord, please be with. Buster and Misty, and help Buster not to get run over by a tractor, and Misty to not get caught by the dog dog catcher. That's a little bit of Jay Winter's history. That is what I prayed every night, pretty much, when I was going to bed as a kid. I I would say that, now I lay me down to sleep prayer, and then I would sort of tack on this little extra bit about my grandparents' dogs. Um, and and, uh, one set of grandparents, they lived on the farm, and so uh, it was important that Buster didn't get run over by a tractor, because that was actually a danger for Buster. Um, It was not a danger for Misty, who lived in town, but in town there was this evil person called the Dog Catcher, Uh, and Misty liked to get free, and and, uh, was very much a free spirit and free soul, and uh, the Dog Catcher didn't like that, and so um, uh, Misty always got that little add-on about uh, the dog catcher. And so uh, those were th- that was the prayer that I prayed over and over again, pretty much every night. Uh, my parents, uh, one of them would uh, read a, a devotion to me. Uh, we had this, this devotion for kids, and then um, at the end of that we would pray together, and, and that was the last thing that I said before I went to sleep. And uh, so I, I sort of got into that habit of, of praying and, and praying for uh, r- dogs. Um, uh, and, and yet it, it's kind of interesting that that that's uh, sort of the add-on that I had. That the add-on to that prayer was was uh, that prayer, which is pretty much about me, right? That, that prayer that, and now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And and, and so it, it's kind of like, okay, me, 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 me. Uh, Lord, this is what I want, and that's not necessarily bad. And then it, it bounces all the way into puppies. <laughs> and uh, as a kid, I didn't realize that uh, there's a whole lot of people in between me and puppies. And and I think a lot of times that's what we have to understand in a way about our prayer life. And that's where Paul is directing us in this Ephesians reading. Is to get us to understand how to pray and maybe even who to pray for and some of the people that perhaps we've forgotten to pray for. And one of the biggest bunches of people at least that I usually forget to pray for, is the church. Now, I don't necessarily mean you all. Because as a part of my vocation here as pastor, I do pray for you all. I run through your names, and, and every week I, I take a look. And you know, if you're a member here, you're getting prayed for, whether you know it or not. I'm praying for you as a part of what I do here. But I don't necessarily always remember to pray for the whole big C church. I mean, people that aren't even Lutheran. Yeah. And sometimes we forget to pray for them. And it becomes something that is missing in our prayer life, but it's not missing in Paul's prayer life, and that's what we're going to be talking about today as we continue our series in Ephesians here. Now, I've warned you for two weeks, but just in case you haven't gotten it, um, the sermon style that I'm using over this sermon series is a little different. It's called expository. Um, Basically, we're going to be going verse by verse by verse through this dense reading in Ephesians, so you're going to need to pull out that Bible that you've got with you or that Celebrate insert that you've got with you, and we're going to be running through it. So, uh, here we go. Um, first of all, uh, Paul starts off, uh, we've bounced over a little bit of stuff since last week, but that's okay. Paul, all of a sudden, is going from uh, talking to the Ephesians about how it's Jesus that has saved them and not their own personal righteousness. And he, he's, he's saying, it's not... You guys are really good. And the Ephesians are. The Ephesians are the only letter in probably the New, in all of the New Testament that Paul isn't really kind of has that sense of yelling. Um, if, if Paul was writing today, everything would be in capital letters. Uh, especially when he's writing to the Corinthians and the Galatians, he's ticked off. With the Ephesians, he's like, You guys have it together. You're doing good. Keep going. But realize that this isn't necessarily just about the stuff that you're doing. Realize that you're in this church game because of Jesus, not because of the good stuff that you're doing. And so he he does that, and then he, he kind of wraps that section up with this prayer. And he's kind of teaching the Ephesians how to pray and who to pray for. And so he starts off, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Now right away there, at the end of that sentence, you've got something, well, maybe you don't really notice it right away, but something is a little bit odd in that sentence. We understand families on earth, but what are families in heaven? It's a big question. I mean, does that mean, like, you know, my grandparents who are up in heaven right now? Does, is that what that means? Is that who Paul is talking about? Every family who is in heaven and on earth. And so right away you're kind of jumped into this question about what is family anyway? And generally speaking, how we tend to think about family is we tend to think about people that share our genes. Unless you were adopted, you probably, the people that you say, well, that's my family, those are people that share some DNA in some sort of weird way. Um, Or or maybe they're just married to somebody who shares your DNA. Um, I really don't understand the whole, like, extended family thing, um, because I wasn't raised around a lot of extended family. But it's it's, like you understand, okay, this person is a part of my family, and so I have to love them and like them, no matter how weird and strange they are. Which is pretty much what family means. By the way, it's also what church means. Look around. And if you don't see somebody who's weird or strange, guess who it is? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. There are all sorts of people in this building right now that you probably wouldn't naturally be like, yeah, let's hang out. Because they're different than you. They're either a different age from you, or they look maybe a little bit differently, or maybe they're just into different stuff, and you can kind of tell that about them right away. But we're all gathered together here by this name. This name that doesn't just include families here on earth, but also families that are in heaven. This name that actually transcends our physical existence here and goes into all of eternity in the resurrection. And that name, our last, last name, the thing that unites us all together, is the name of the Father. That name that unites us all together. And Paul is telling the Ephesians, you guys are good at doing a lot of this stuff. They're probably really good at praying. But it sounds like they've missed out on doing some praying for the rest of their family. Just like I confess that I've been bad about praying for the rest of this Christian family that we have that I get sort of narrowed down into University Lutheran, and I forget about all of the other Christians that are out there. And I forget to include them in my prayer life. So Paul is saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm bowing my knee. I am coming to God. Follow my example. Paul is big on that. Follow the example that I am giving you, not because I'm such a great guy, but because it will actually help you out. And so Paul says, follow my example, pray for the church, and he continues on then, I pray, this is what I pray, so it's it's a teaching moment, I bow my knee before the Father, with all of these people in mind that are united by the Father's name together, and this is what I pray. I pray that, according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being with power through His Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. And so what Paul is praying for is the continued strengthening of the other people that you have here in this church, as well as people that are outside of this church, people that are at the church that you grew up in, maybe, or people that are in a church that's maybe across the block from here, that we're praying together that they'd be strengthened, that they would grow strong. Which is kind of funny, especially here on Florida State's campus, because on Florida State's campus, uh, I don't know if you realize it or not, but uh, it's not only the FSU teams that um, compete here. There's a whole lot of competition that happens between campus ministries, and it's not even necessi- it's not always a good thing. sometimes it is. Sometimes we're actually sharpening each other, making each other better. But sometimes it can get pretty ugly. And maybe that happens where you are. Maybe you've looked down your nose at somebody and said, "Ah, Roman Catholic, (laughs) Presbyterian, Methodist. Paul is saying that all of those other people, whoever the other is, maybe that's people from another denomination, maybe that's somebody from a different campus ministry around here, maybe that's somebody from a church that you don't necessarily like for some other reason. See, what we get sort of tempted into praying about the other, whoever the other might be, whether it's somebody who is competing against us in business... Not necessarily even in campus ministry anymore, but the many of you are in business and they're competing against you. and You don't necessarily like them for some reason. That what we're tempted into praying for is, dear Lord, please strike them down. Amen. <laughs> right? Am I the only one that has ever prayed that prayer? Uh, okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. Uh. But what Paul is saying is, don't pray for that. Because chances are, he's probably not going to strike them down. So you're going to be disappointed. The other thing is, if you're actually praying for them to be strengthened in these things, like he's saying, that they may be strengthened in their inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, and that they are being rooted and grounded in love, that that's actually going to bring you together. And that's so much better than God just wiping somebody out. And so Paul goes on telling us more about how we are to pray and why we are to pray. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all of this what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of Of God. That word comprehend there that Paul is using is is a word of sort of understanding something so completely almost that it becomes a part of you. And so if you think about that thing that you are probably most passionate about, for some of you that's sports statistics. For others of you, that's something else in your life. What Paul is saying is that you might comprehend that this might be something that is living and breathing inside of you. Something that when you're listening to a song on the radio, and they're talking about like, how much they love their girlfriend, you're actually thinking, oh, that sounds a whole lot like this in my life. It's that thing that you tend to filter everything through. That is the level of comprehension that Paul is saying he wants for all of these people. And he wants that comprehension to be the comprehension of the love of Christ. So that when you're listening to that song on the radio, and this guy is talking about how much he loves this girl, or this girl is talking about how much he loves her boyfriend that you're actually thinking to yourself, wow, that's actually a lot like Jesus and how he loves me. It's that level of rootedness that Paul is praying for, for the church and for the Ephesians. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than what we can ask or imagine, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And Paul kind of wraps it up here with this invitation. This invitation to imagine this invitation to actually use that gift that God has given to you that most of the time you just kind of use when you're in class or when you're at work and you're, you're sitting there and you're daydreaming and you're looking out the window and all of a sudden these things pop up into your head. That gift of imagination that we all have. Some of us work with it every day. Some of us just kind of play with it, but we all have it. Paul is saying, use that. Use that. Pray with your imagination for the people of God. Think about what you could imagine about church. What could you imagine about the people that you're going to church with as you're praying for them? Lord, I ask that you would be with so-and-so. I don't really know that much about them, but I know that they do this for a business. And if it would be possible, Lord, I would actually ask that somehow that you would help them to have that business be a way that they can show who they are in you. Or have that business do really well. That you can see what's going on. In your imagination. And what Paul is actually saying here is that whatever you're imagining, it's not impossible. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come true. Because what you might be doing while you are praying, uh, without realizing it, is you might actually be praying for that lightning strike again. You might actually be praying, dear Lord, help this person to, in their business, you know, grow their business by 10%. And that means that they are going to be so stressed out by this 10% growth all of a sudden that's coming that they are going to say, I can't handle this anymore, I'm going to run away to Aruba. Which might sound good, but it's not good. Running away isn't good. And so God is able to filter out where your imagination might be going wrong. But wouldn't it be cool if just this week, if all of us here committed to saying, I am going to imagine astounding things when I pray for the church. That somehow the church is going to experience some sort of new, awesome thing that you are going to think of in that imagination of yours. And if God grants it, then fantastic. If not, we trust God. He knows what He's doing. Because God did something that you could never imagine. The greatest gift that God ever Gave to all of humanity. The greatest gift that people of the Bible had been praying for from the very beginning of time after the fall was that God would do something to save humanity. And they were imagining how it was going to go and nobody saw it coming. And what it was was a suffering servant, dying on a cross, being in the tomb for three days, and then rising again, none of us imagined that. And yet, it's exactly how God did things. And because He died on that cross, because He rose from that tomb, because of all of that, He gave you His Spirit so that then you could pray for the church. And maybe you need to be like me and you need to just add something on to the end of some sort of prayer. I probably made you sleepy when we started this off. Now I'm going to make you hungry. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Oh, and by the way, Lord, could you do something awesome in some church? I'd really like to see that. You've already done it in your son dying on the cross. If you could even just make that real to one more person this week, that'd be great. Amen. Amen. Give it a shot. Go out, pray for the church this week, and know that you have that right, because He did something that was unimaginable. Amen.